With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. your bi-weekly WNBA podcast here on Sports Ethos. This week, this time it's just me and Carissa, but we have a special guest this week from the Double Down podcast, Eric Namchok. Eric, how's it going? It's going well, Corey. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Happy to have you here. We're, we're starting to branch out a little bit more with guests as we move over to Sports Ethos, and this gives us a little bit more of a fun way to kind of look at other avenues of ways to watch the W and women's basketball in general. So happy to have you here to kind of expand our horizons a little bit. I appreciate that. I'll do the best I can. <laughs> uh, for anyone that doesn't know Eric, he's a, he's a fan of the sky, and, and so is Chris. So we'll be getting into that in a little bit a little bit more detail later. Uh, before we get into that, I kind of wanted to give uh, Eric a chance to talk to us about the international game, because while we've been touching more on AU in the recent weeks, because that's the league going on here, uh, international basketball is the biggest way that a lot of your favorite players are continuing to make their money and, and pursue the game throughout the off season. So Eric, what, what are, what are some of like the, the bigger highlights that people are missing from the international game right now? Okay. Well, for starters, um, getting into overseas basketball or international basketball can be pretty overwhelming at first because of all the different uh, domestic leagues and international competitions and all that stuff. There's just so much to consider when you say overseas basketball. Um, but for those of those of you listening who didn't know, um, you know, WNBA is primarily a summer league and the majority of WNBA players during the fall and winter and spring, they go overseas to different countries to continue playing professional basketball for all these different teams and all these different um, international leagues. So it's um, it's a lot of fun to keep up with them. Basically, it's a challenge to keep up to keep up with them. Like I said, there are so many different leagues Um different time zones, of course, language barriers, all that stuff. But there's something really fulfilling, I think, about following your favorite WNBA players and their professional basketball journeys. Um, for those who have no clue where to start regarding overseas basketball, I'd highly recommend um, EuroLeague Women and EuroCup Women. Those are basically a couple of international basketball competitions hosted by FIBA every winter. Um, there are qualifying processes to ensure that, for the most part, the best European teams are competing. EuroLeague is, is kind of like a step up from EuroCup. Right now, EuroCup, I think there are crazy number of teams. There, there, I think there are over like 40 teams competing in EuroCup. Um, EuroLeague, there are 16. Um, the games are streamed for free on YouTube. And there are lots of WNBA and WNBA adjacent players competing. So for me, in, in my personal experience, I've had season tickets for this guy since late 2012. This was a good, um, it was a good introduction to overseas basketball for me because, you know, I, I heard that the players would be playing overseas every winter and I kind of wanted to learn more about that, you know, to, to follow them in their professional journeys. And uh, EuroLeague and EuroCup women were the, the easiest ways to get into that. Um, 
couple things, you know, fans may have heard about these, uh, these super teams overseas and yes, parody is still somewhat of an issue. I think in uh Euro league and Euro cup, first things first, there's no salary cap. So teams with bigger budgets can basically afford the best players. You know, um, FIBA does restrict the number of foreign players per team, but you know, some players can have dual eligibility, um, dual internet, uh, dual eligibility with passports and stuff like that. So that kind of gets around that restriction. Um, for example, you've probably heard of uh, UMMC Ekaterinburg in Russia. They've got Brittany Griner, John Cole Jones, Courtney Vandersloot, Ellie Quigley, Emma Misevin, Maria Vadiva. Uh, Brianna Stewart was supposed to play there before she got um, her, she injured her Achilles uh, towards the end of the WNBA season. So basically a super team, like, like an all-world caliber team that they just bought um, competing in EuroLeague. Also, you've got uh, Fenerbahce in Turkey, who's got Satu Sabali. Alina Igopova, who's not a WNBA player, but she's probably one of, if not the best guard, not currently competing in the WNBA. Kayla McBride, Bria Hartley, Elizabeth Williams, Kia Stokes, Amanda Zowie B. Um, Avenida over in Spain, you've got Kalia Copper, the Samuelson sisters, Bella Allery. So a lot of teams that have a lot of really good WNBA and WNBA adjacent players competing in these competitions. Um, I think it's safe to say that the difference between the best and worst EuroLeague teams is far bigger than that of the best and worst WNBA teams. But I don't want to make it sound like it's all bad because there's some positives of watching overseas ball too. You know, like I said before, just watching your favorite players thrive. Um, WNBA and WNBA adjacent players, and that's a term I'm going to continue to use here. They routinely put up really big numbers wherever they play overseas. It, and if there's no, if there's any doubt that the WNBA is truly the best league, the best women's basketball league in the world, just watch, just look up some of these stats these players are putting up overseas. You, you, you have like players who are considered to be role players in the WNBA or players who don't have much opportunity to shoot the ball or, or play a lot of minutes in the WNBA. They're just flourishing elsewhere. Um, a couple examples just for this offseason. Uh, Kennedy Burke, currently on the Seattle Storm. Uh, she's averaging 19 points a game in EuroLeague women for Spar Girona in Spain. Uh, Dijanae Carrington, I know a favorite uh, among WNBA fans. She was averaging almost 24 points a game playing in Israel prior to leaving and heading to Athletes Unlimited. So, like I said before, this is it's a great opportunity to basically see your favorite WNBA players flourish in a different environment. You know what I'm saying? Where where they go, and, and they're the big fish in the, in the little pond, if I can put it that way. Um, finally, there's also something that's quietly rewarding about finding a functioning stream at like four in the morning because you wake up and you know wake up early because of the time zone difference and and get all excited to see your favorite players play. And you got to get past the language barrier and, you know, maybe you need a VPN or anything like that. Um, but it's, it's just a lot of fun to see these players, like I said, function and thrive in a different environment and really get to showcase the skills that, you know, they have, but they may not necessarily get to show while they're in the WNBA. Yeah, no, I, I love that. that. That's a lot about these. I mean, I knew she was doing well over there. I'm a, I'm a Sun fan, so I knew she was doing well over there, but I wasn't like completely locked in, but that's that's cool to hear. I know that one of the things I, I remember saying a lot during last season uh, of the WNBA was talking about how uh, I was bummed that the Dallas Wings were not playing Charlie Collier and a walk weir as much, and I was looking yeah. forward to seeing a walk go over and develop overseas. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited for what she could be. So seeing her, I, I, I'd seen some stat lines where she just had like double doubles and stuff like that. And even that is exciting for what the future holds, but cool, cool. Uh, the transition to uh, the sky. I mean, that first, this first super team you mentioned sounded other than Brittany Griner replaced her with Candace Parker. A lot of what you're seeing from your sky now with Sloot and Allie Quigley and now Emma Mieseman. 
how excited were you for the uh, off season that your Chicago Sky had? Uh, you know, heading into it, I think there was some trepidation. Uh, going into the off season, I think it was almost a foregone conclusion that both Diamond DeShields and Stephanie Dolson would leave. Maybe not Dolson as much, but DeShields in particular, because she had that restricted free agent uh, tag. So I kind of figured that teams were going to be able to offer her more money than the sky would be able to afford. Right. Uh, Cause they had unrestricted free agents and uh, Vandersloot and Quigley who they're obviously going to try hard to bring back. Uh, haven't seen the, uh, haven't seen the um, details on those contracts yet, but we can wait patiently. And of course, Kalia Copper, Definitely earned the bag, if you want to put it that way. So you just kind of figure that it's, it's going to be a cap casualty with the Shields and, and, and Dolson. Um, but I've been pretty dark as a Sky fan. You know, I try to look at these things objectively, but I think it's been a very good offseason for them thus far, um, especially considering we kind of expected the Shields and Dolson to go elsewhere and that Copper was going to command a much larger salary than she had in the past. First of all, with the Shields, I mean, getting something in return for a player who in all likelihood was basically going to be out the door anyway was good. Getting a young and talented point guard in Julie Almond in return was even better. Um, I mean, for one, they only sacrificed like a, a 2022 first round pick. And if I'm being honest with you, I don't think they were going to be able to pick a better player at that position in the draft who would have been better than Alamond. Um and then you then you consider the uh, the team's championship window and, and, and what their traject their roster trajectory is. Uh, like if if Courtney Vanderswood sits out and if Ekaterinburg says okay we're going to pay you to sit out, hope that doesn't happen. But you know as uh, Holly Roll reported, it is a possibility. If it does happen, then the Sky will immediately have like an in-house replacement in Alamond, who I don't think the Sky would be able to do a better job of you know getting a stopgap than than Julie Alamond. If Vanderswood does come back for another year then they have arguably the best backup point guard in the league. And then something to consider for next offseason. you know, Alamond is still a young player um, who's got many, many good years of basketball ahead of her. And then obviously Emma Mieseman, um, granted, we don't know the contract details there either, but if they're able to retain both Vandersloot and Quigley, it's going to be a home run because she's just a highly efficient scorer from basically everywhere on the floor. And her skills are really going to be maximized playing alongside Vandersloot and Candace Parker, you know, two of the best playmakers in the league at, different positions. And I think Emma Meesman's game is just going to fit in there seamlessly. Yeah. So I, I agree with pretty much all of that. Um, besides the home run, like I thought it was a home run last year and then we did what we did, <laughs> but yeah, understandable. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was, a, I agree with it. I thought it was a great free agency, but then I also feel like a lot of other teams had great free agency. So I think it might be a little bit harder this season um, I did see a few hours ago where uh, Allie Quigley was finalizing her deal with us. So I don't want to say like they're a package deal, but they kind of are. Well, they're as um, close to a package deal as you could get in this. Week, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, you know, if she finalizes that, then we're just waiting on Courtney to finalize hers. But other than that, I mean, I feel like on paper, we've gotten a lot of super teams over the past few weeks. And I think it's setting up for a great WBA season. Yeah, a lot of teams are really loading up out here. Um, but just speaking about, if we're just focusing on the sky for a minute, I think the sky got better than than they than they were last season. Um, I really actually like like the Crystal Bradford signing a lot. Um, she really resurrected her career last season in Atlanta. You know, she was kind of played yes. like a like a small ball power forward role. I think she'll be more of a small forward in Chicago, at least if the roster doesn't change too much. But 
she's still going to be able to fill that role of being uh, a corner shooter and a defensive playmaker, which, you know, you got to have players like that on your team. Any good team has to have players like that. And also something to consider acquiring both Almond and Bradford does save precious salary to offer to Courtney Bannister and Ellie Quigley as well. So there's, there's not a ton of cap move uh, of cap space to uh, maneuver, but there's some, you know, I, I think this is part of the, the grand plan, if you will, by James Wade, you know, there are, there are, there are various levels of veteran minimum contracts. Um, shout out to our friends at her hoop stats for um, explaining that and, and making that information easily accessible. But um, basically Alamont and, and uh, Bradford, in, in acquiring them, they save, I don't know, I don't have the number on me, but they save maybe 12, 13, 14 K like, like not an insignificant number, you know? Yeah. And what about the Kaiser signing a few hours ago? How do yeah, you feel yeah. about that? They, we just, uh, they, that just broke. I mean, I think it's just this guy, uh, a lot of people are excited. A lot of people are excited, but it's a training camp contract. Uh, there was maybe a little bit of confusion about whether or not it was a training. No, no, it was a training camp contract. The, the website says so. And of course we know the website never lies, right? Uh, tongue in cheek there, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is a training camp contract. Uh, they're also signing Kamaya Smalls to a training camp contract. So I think, I think the point of the Kaiser Gunderzik signing was just to kind of fill out their training camp roster when they could. Um, if there is one downside to acquiring Alamond, it's that I believe she won't be, reporting to the sky right away at the start of the season. Mm. So, you know, there's, there's a bunch of things to consider here. Maybe it's just to have that roster spot occupied for a little while while they wait for element to come over. Or, you know, I mean, you also saw last season when they had to jump through all these hoops to get Lexi Brown back. Um, I think there's also something to be said about players who were with the team in training camp and are familiar with the teammates and are familiar with the coaching staff and are familiar with the system. So if something does happen down the line, if there are, you know, transactions to be made, if someone, God forbid, does get hurt, or if there are transactions to be made and there's a roster spot that does open up, they'll have somebody available who is able to come in and contribute right away because they're not picking up every single little detail on the fly, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And just you rallying off that, I just realized, like, I feel like we have a few guards, like Dana Evans, Lexi Brown, and Lexi has been absolutely killing it in AU. She has. Yeah, well, Lexi, I don't believe that Lexi has been re-signed yet, though. She's a mm. reserve free agent. So this, this guy, they can negotiate with her, but I don't think she's been. I, I think she's, if I were to guess, I would say that she's trying to get a better deal elsewhere. I don't know how that's going to work out, but um, she's certainly welcome to come back as, as well. So, yeah, they have a lot of options there. Um, I can't help but wonder if this is kind of setting things up for life after Sleuth or life after Vanderquigs or however you want to put it. But um I mean, there's nothing wrong with keeping your options open, especially in a league where, you know, so much can change at just a drop of a hat. Yeah, and I I do think that they should start planning for that. Um, I see them playing maybe one or two more years. And then you also have to factor in, I don't know how much longer Candice will play. Um, I do think if we we run it back, then this will be her last year. Or she could, um, you know, go like Sylvia Fowles and Sue Bird and actually announce um, her last year. So that could be something as well. Boy, if Candace Parker announces this is going to be her last season, there could be so many retirement tours and so many farewell <laughs> tours. It's going to be so hard to keep track of. But I love it. You know, I, I love the idea of, of, league, of the league honoring its legends, you know, its living yeah. legends. It's, it's before they before they retire. Um, I think that's something that they didn't really do a great job of in the past. But I'm happy that the league is kind of coming around and 
in recognizing just how much these players have, have contributed. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I, I just I'm enjoying you guys sitting here nerding out about the not nerding out, but like going a little no, bit. No, I'm a nerd. It's okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't take offense to that. It's cool. No, but like I mean, it, <laughs> it, we we go pretty deep on the rosters here in general, but like being able, like that's what's so cool about what the sky is this year, right? Is that you can actually have like reasonable discussions about the. 11th and 12th people on the roster because the roster is just loaded. I mean, even if say what you will about like uh, if, if Gabby comes back or um, Dana, like, like you shouted out Crystal Bradford and Dana Evans. And if Kaiser makes the team, like there's just interesting throughout the roster. And it, I do love the way that they are kind of threading the needle between a veteran laden team, but also you have the young blossoming star in Kalia Copper. Like there's just, it's kind of like, it, it's just sort of, a hybrid model of a team going between young players and veterans. And it's a lot of fun to watch from the outside, even though it's, as I said to you before we jumped on, it's not a team that I was necessarily rooting for at the beginning of the year or, or believing it at the beginning of last year, but it won me over by the end because they're just a blast to watch. And, and if anything else, it's fun to watch the last few years of Candace Parker being Candace Parker. Definitely. Um, and Candace Parker being, I mean, I can't put it any better myself. Uh, she was as advertised. I, I'm sure Carissa can agree with me on this one. Um, it was really incredible to, to hear that Candace Parker was coming to the Chicago sky. And uh, I mean, given that seven game losing streak, the sky had when she was out and then she came back and then they won seven in a row right away. That's not a coincidence. Um, Parker, she just brings this, this calming presence to the team. You know, she, she's a, she's a quarterback on defense um, and she's obviously a great uh, offensive player as well. She can really play in whatever kind of system you want on either end of the floor. And she has a really good feel for the game as well. Um, she's kind of like a coach out there. It's really nice having, you know, a guy who have had their defensive struggles o- over recent years. It was really nice having a player who, of course, I mean, one Candace, uh, she won defensive player of the year uh, in 2020, but just having a player who can come out there and make smart plays. And like I said, just be a calming, a calming presence on that end of the floor. It's, there was no question who the leader was when Parker was on the floor and on the bench as well. One of my favorite one of my favorite memories of this past season, um, you know, I, I sit uh, courtside kind of across from the sky bench there uh, during home games. And when Parker was injured, she was still out there coaching. She would, she would pull Azrae Stevens aside during a timeout and say, you know, take this angle or like, I couldn't hear it obviously, but she was, she was kind of mimicking the actions that Stevens was doing and, and, and coaching her up basically. And that's, that's just such a cool thing to see, you know, because players like that in the WNBA who both have that, have that leadership ability and the actual statistical resume to back it up are so few and far between. Um, it's really, you know, watching Candace Parker play um, uh, for my team, if I can say they're my team, <laughs> the people's team, uh, really just gave me a whole new level of, of appreciation for what kind of a player she is both on and off the court. Yeah, I agree. I love when the camera would cut to her on the bench and just like show the audience that, um, you know, it just shows like what type of player and what type of person she is. is and that just all that does is make the team better. Like it wants makes people want to come to Chicago. And I literally already been saving to go to a game in Chicago. Like I can go to like the Atlanta Dream in Chicago, but like I want to go to a Chicago Sky game in Chicago. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, and that's a good point. Uh, Chris, I'm great. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, in the past, this guy have had a reputation, a well-earned reputation, I'll say, of a place players did not want to play. They wanted to leave, uh, which wasn't fun as, as a long-time fan, as, as such a dedicated fan. But when Parker, one of the, I think, more 
understated uh, things of, of Candace Parker coming quote unquote home. Uh, one thing I will say, Naperville and Chicago, not the same, but you know, close enough. It's, it's for the narrative, right? Um, <laughs> one thing about Candace Parker coming to play for Chicago is that this is a star who dropped everything and said, I want to come to this team to help them win a championship. That hasn't happened before in Chicago sky history, really, at least not for a player of, of Parker's uh, acumen, uh, uh, such a legendary player like Parker. So that gives me hope, you know, uh, Corey was, was dropping this stuff about Parker, maybe retiring. Yeah, I know, but let's not think about it right now. Uh, but when, when, when Parker does retire, it gives me hope that this is something to build upon, you know, where, where, where players have, have seen what Parker came and did um, seen what this guy did uh, last season and say, okay, this is a place where I can play. This is a place where I can go and I can, I, I know I'll be treated right. And I know I can compete with this team and help win a championship. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's it's a building block and that it's just going to be the beginning beginning of of a few very good years for the Chicago Sky. Yeah, I'm just hoping that it it starts a trend as far as like players playing where one they want to play as well as um, going and starting something new. So just like with Brianna Stewart, um, she's possibly going home next year um, to the New York Liberty. So I hope it starts a trend as well as with these next few college. Uh, draft classes coming out it, it could be a trend of like quote-unquote super teams just with the talent coming out in college you know that's a fun angle Carissa because I, I feel like in the past free agency rumors have kind of revolved around well this player wants to go home well this player could go here because she's closer to home but we haven't often seen it materialize because it's been difficult under the CBA in the past for players to basically control their own destinies but mm-hmm. now you're seeing that more and more often and yeah, I think that is a really cool angle for the league. And if I can maybe punt this a step further, if the star players want to go quote unquote home, would that not further entice people for further entice the league to expand a little bit more? You know, Hey, this might be a location where Brianna Stewart wants to play, or Hey, this might be a location where Candace Parker wants to play. Let's think a little more heavily about putting a team here. You know, I know it's, it's a lot, a lot more detailed than that, but maybe something to consider. Yeah, I sure. I mean, I know I kind of just don't even talk about the expansion anymore because it kind of like gets buzzed for a few months and then nothing happens. Someone so famous like- will talk about like <laughs> wanting to buy a WNBA team and then they'll just completely forget about it. And Yeah, it's, exactly. it's frustrating. Yeah, if I had the money, I would already have bought multiple teams. Um, that is like a goal <laughs> of mine. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. I don't know what I'm going to do to get that money but I do want to like own a team one day, but that's a whole nother story. But um, yeah, I just don't really even talk about it anymore. I would love for it to happen. It needs to happen, but I know like there's a lot of things that go into place with that and need to happen. Um, So, I mean, we'll just see, but it's definitely needed and wanted. You know, I think um, if I can just kind of put this out there, another option would be roster expansion, just making the rosters one or two players. I think that's much more feasible at the moment than team expansion. But I mean, who knows what will happen? You know, we'll see what happens when the next CBA rolls around. Yeah. I mean, I think we should focus on getting jerseys for everyone first. Oh yeah. Minor details, right? <laughs> it, it is so, can I just say, it is so embarrassing to see when, when fans are on Twitter asking players like, Hey, where can I buy your Jersey? And the player's like, I don't know. I, I don't know either. And it's just like, come on, what are we doing here? I, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll get you out of here on this last question. And then I'll, uh, just because I don't want to step on what you're doing this week. I know you guys over on your show are doing a lot of uh, like free agency reactions as a whole. I saw just kind of ask a more pointy question of outside of the Chicago sky. What was your favorite move 
or one of your favorite moves from free agency so far? One of my favorite moves in free agency so far. I don't know about favorite because like I said, I try to look at things objectively. Um, one thing that I've, that I've been uh, interested in, if I could put it sure. that way, I've been really interested to see uh, what uh, court players are doing. You know, you saw over in Seattle, like you've got Brianna Stewart and Joel Lloyd who are free agents. I guess you could throw Sue Bird in there as well, but there was no question that, that Sue was going to stay in Seattle. Um, you've got Lloyd and Stewart, both who would be very, very, very highly sought after, but you've only got one core designation. So what do you do? How do you approach that? Uh, it turns out they gave uh, Joel Lloyd the core extension, the core designation, and they signed her for two years, Stewart only for one. It's that type of stuff. It's that type of thing where I like to see that. Because like I said, the players have much more control now, relatively speaking, relative to years past, about where they want to go, about, you know, controlling their own destinies and stuff like that. Um, Similarly, uh, you had John Cole Jones getting courted by Connecticut, but still leaving the possibility open in the future of her going elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? So I would say just um, the amount of, not just the amount of movement, but the amount of movement that is, Carissa, um, she alluded to this briefly, the amount of movement that could happen in the future. Um, she, well, we're talking about like maybe Brianna Stewart, people are going to be talking about this nonstop. And I think that's a good thing. Brianna Stewart may be going to New York next off season. Um, all these different moves that not only have, have, have happened, but might happen in the future. Cause free agency, it's not just about one thing I think people are learning is that free agency isn't just about signing players for this season. It's about cultivating those relationships to maybe sign them next off season or just planting mm-hmm. the seeds, if you will. Um, Another thing, maybe maybe a couple of specific examples that uh, that I could name um, of, an, of another trend are uh, big name players uh, taking less money to uh, play elsewhere. You've know, got mm-hmm. Angel McCautry in Minnesota now, Tina Charles in Phoenix now. I mean, Phoenix had a lot of stuff to do. They had a lot of cap space to clear to sign the Shields and Tina Charles, but they did it. Um, I think that's that illustrates the point of every player's got different priorities. You know, it, it does kind of irk me when I see people, you know, I love that the contract information is out there now. Um, people are doing really great work in reporting that and, and getting that information. It's good information to have, but it's it's kind of a pet peeve of mine when someone says, well, so-and-so is not worth this. They're not worth this much money or they're being overpaid. This is the WNBA. They're all underpaid, right? Um, but when you look at it in, in, in perspective of uh, salary caps and you know team salaries and player salaries and stuff like that, then you kind of gain an appreciation for these players, they all have different priorities. They all want to win, obviously. But some of them, you know, like, what are they willing to sacrifice in order to get there? Charles and McCautry, uh, in particular, they've both made a pretty penny over their long and storied WNBA careers, right? And mm-hmm. they're at this point where, hey, you know, I've got nothing else to accomplish. Where can I go that will give me a championship? Yes, I'm willing to take a lower salary in order to combine my talents with these players who I believe can help me t- take me to the promised land. So, those are just a couple of free agency, signing, free agency signings that I thought were really uh, interesting. I love it. I love it. And obviously, like I said, for, for more, definitely check out your, your guys' show. I'm looking forward to seeing how much you guys cover all of that. So we'll get you out of here on that note. What, tell us, tell everyone listening where they can find everything that you do. Okay, so as, uh, as Corey said at the beginning of the podcast, uh, our podcast is called Double Down WNBA. Um, not just double down because that's apparently the name of a gambling podcast. We didn't. My apologies that. for giving it. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, I, I think. I think what it was, guys, is uh, we wanted an alliteration in there somewhere mm-hmm. because it's you know catchy. Yeah. And they were like, "How about double down? That's cool." Because there's there's two of us. We're doubling down. Whatever. Um, and then we found out that there's a gambling podcast named Double Down. But 
I, I digress. Uh, Double Down WNBA. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcast Manager. Basically, wherever you can find a podcast, we are there. Um, we're also on Twitter at Double Down WNBA. We don't tweet often there. Um, sometimes we just tweet lame jokes and memes that get like four likes, five likes, something like that. But we have fun with it. You know, um, we try to break things down from a, a statistical viewpoint. We try to be, like I said, as objective as possible while also just having fun with it because that's the main objective. Um, so yeah, if you want to follow us at Double Down WNBA on Twitter, um, at Trinkwald and at Nemchak E are Twitter handles. Uh, we'd love if you gave us a follow there as well. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, talking women's hoops with you. That's a good co-host right there, plucking his co-host that isn't even on the pod. I have, to, I, have, I have to try, you know, it was no, his that's idea. Good stuff. Also, yeah. No, that's great. I love that. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I, I will be, definitely would love to interact with you more in the future. And uh, I guess I'll say it, go Sky. Go Sky, that's right. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, everybody.